Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler. Today, I am excited to kick off a mini series that we've been planning for a while, and it is how I would start a flower farm. So I'm entering year five. So it's, you know, everything that I have learned in the last, you know, how many years of trial and error and error and error and error. Did I mention error? What I have learned and taking all of that and how I would start a farm if I had $100 to start with, if I had $1,000 to start with, and if I had $10,000 to start with. The very first caveat or disclaimer that I want to give is we are going to talk about what we would buy, what we would grow, what we would invest in. There's no way to cover everything and every scenario and, you know, It's going to be totally different for what's going to work with you and your market and what your customers are going to want. Because the truth is, if you're starting a flower farm, your business is selling flowers and not growing flowers. And I am the first to admit that I am not the best at growing flowers. I'm good. I'm competent. I'm I'm doing it. But I'm not the best. I'm not the expert. I don't do everything how you're supposed to, but that's fine because your business isn't growing flowers. Your business is selling flowers. And I have done pretty well at selling flowers the last couple of years. And so again, this, you know, if you're listening and you're like, no, I would do this, I would do that. Yes. I realize that there are always going to be things you listen to with this that are, you know, well, first you should, you know, get an LLC or first you should make sure you have this kind of insurance or first you should get a social media page or first. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you know, what we would grow, what we would, we would invest in that type of thing. And then at the end, we'll do a Q and a. So at the end of each of these episodes, there's one link that you can sign up. And then we are going to be doing a live Q and a webinar. This mini series, the episodes are coming out Monday, January 29th, Monday, February 5th, and Monday, February 12th. They get released right away. My episodes always come out on Monday mornings. So then on Tuesday evening, because we can't do it Monday evening because my daughter has swimming lessons. So on Tuesday evening, February 20th, we're going to do a live Q&A. You can submit your questions ahead of time. You can email podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com any questions that you have. And we'll also have a live Q&A. And we really want you to join that because we'll have um, a little bit of a presentation that we can show you. But it's just going to be focused on these podcast episodes and answer any questions you have. So again, how would I start a flower farm with $100? And again, this is not all inclusive because there's no way we could cover all of that in you know, a 30 minute episode. But so if I have a hundred dollars to get started growing cut flowers, I am going to grow flowers for the most part that are cut and come again. I'm going to buy seeds. I'm not going to invest in trays. I'm not going to invest in potting soil. I'm not going to invest in lights. Again, all you have is a hundred dollars. That is hardly anything. I hope if you're getting started, I hope you have more than a hundred dollars. We'll put it that way. But I would start with zinnias, cosmos, basil, amaranth, calendula. You could do some sunflowers, but I would get like some branching sunflowers or something as a focal. The thing is, if you're going to buy these seeds online, you're going to pay for shipping. So you're going to want flowers that, you know, you can go into, you know, 
Menards or whatever store that you can see that you can buy seeds from that are good for cut flowers. Now, be careful if you're buying sunflowers. You don't want to just buy like the mammoth ones. You want ones that are pollenless as cut flowers or useful for cut flowers. So be careful with that. But you're just going to start with some seeds and put them in the ground. You know, you can be creative and find some greenery from your landscaping, a lot of black eyed Susans, a lot of perennials just from your landscaping that you can do. When I first started out, I used a lot of foliage, like bleeding heart. I used some hosta leaves. I don't know. I don't know why I don't like it. I think it's because I know that it's a hosta leaf. I used a lot of raspberry leaves and foliage from those bushes year round because I have a ton of raspberry bush, a ton of raspberry bushes. But just be careful if you're doing that, depending on what kind of raspberries you have. A lot of raspberries, there are primacanes and floricanes. And so... Basically, these raspberries, the kind that I have, they give up a new shoot every year and that shoot does not have any berries on it and it'll have berries on it the next year. So make sure when you're cutting it, if you want to have fresh raspberries, you're not cutting and reducing next year's raspberries. So make sure you're cutting the foliage from the one that had berries on it this year if that's the kind of varieties that you have. Again, I'm not a horticulture expert. I'm not a greenery expert. You know, there's definitely some master gardeners out there that are listening to me and correcting me, but just look into what kind of raspberry bushes or leaves that you have. So I would do, like I said, I would do seeds, zinnias, cosmos, basil, amaranth, calendula, those types of flowers that are going to be cut and come again. If you are spending $100 to start a farm, to start a business, you don't have a lot of extra left over. Again, the goal is to just sell flowers, make profit, save up so that you can reinvest in your business for next year. I would, of that $100, I would take 15 to 30 bucks and buy a couple of Dahlia tubers because the sooner you get started, the sooner you can return on your investment. So if you buy three tubers at, you know, eight to 12 bucks a piece, you will probably turn those three tubers into 15 tubers. And now you'll have 15 plants next year. And then the next year after that, you could have 45 plants or whatever. Some of them, you could have a lot more. I'm just saying, you know, plan on losing some to storage. There are some plants where I'll get 25 tubers off of one plant. And so you definitely could increase your investment there. But I would buy some Dahlia tubers if there is a local flower farmer. We're not going to get into like, don't buy something online because there's gas. Well, it cost me 30 It's 30 miles away and I have to do, you know, shipping, whatever. We're not going to get into the exact dollars and cents of it. But I would definitely, you know, buy a couple Dahlia tubers. Got to get some hoses. I would probably get an overhead sprinkler that's just going to go back and forth. Is it perfect? Are you probably going to get powdery mildew on your zinnias if you overhead water all the time? Yeah, probably. Probably are. But you can't afford drip lines yet. You can't afford soaker hoses. You're going to need some sort of sprinkler and you can't just go through and water all these things by hand. So I would get, you know, an overhead sprinkler. I would buy for sure a hori hori knife, a good tool for, you know, it's got the, um, it's got the sharp edges. So you can use that for like working up weeds. You can dig, you can chop with it. That one tool is pretty good get some decent gardening gloves, find some good buckets, you know, and then get creative. If you've only got a hundred bucks to start a farm, you, or, you know, if you turn your, turn your hobby garden into an actual business, you're going to have to get creative. So I would say 
you know, using using trash cans or little plastic garbage buckets, you can usually find them at like dollar stores for a couple bucks. Use those instead of flower buckets. Again, if you are just trying to sell some flowers, maybe it's a farm stand, don't invest in the really expensive flowers right away. Just get some seeds in the ground and get your flowers going. Donated vases, recycled jars, you know, use use the old mason jars, whatever. Ask your customers to donate them. Have some sort of jar drive. Say a dollar off a bouquet if you, you know, bring a jar or whatever it might be. Invest in some really good snips. Get a couple pair because you know you're going to lose some right away. Make sure that, you know, you're cleaning them properly. I would say that, you know, a close second that, you know, you're probably not going to have enough in your budget for all of these things, but a stirrup hoe would be really good. It's one of my favorite tools that I use in my field for, you know, between my ranunculus, sometimes my lysianthus, but for the most part, I use it in between my dahlias because I don't use landscape fabric for those specific flowers. I do use landscape fabric for my other stuff, but if you're just starting out, that's probably not in the budget to invest in. So a stirrup hoe would be a really, you know, a, a high consideration. And I would say, some sort of wagon or something. Look on Facebook Marketplace, see if you can find something that helps you haul around, move stuff, a wagon with a handle because you're going to have to be carrying stuff. You're going to have buckets of flowers. And then of course, you know, we'll kind of touch base on some of the business stuff, but Depending on how you're going to sell flowers, you know, look into insurance, see what ways you can. Are people coming onto your property? Is it a farm stand? Are you selling like at another location? Is it just pickup? Is it delivery? So if you don't have insurance, if you don't have an LLC, your methods of selling are going to be limited. But again, sometimes you just got to get started that first year if you don't have the capital to invest into it. And that's okay. Put some sweat equity into it. You can invest a lot of hard work and that can pay off. You can invest more money and have some shortcuts. But if you don't have that money right away, then honestly, rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands in the dirt, that's a good investment too. You know, certain states, you need certain things for licensing. In Minnesota, you don't need a license to sell cut flowers, you know, whatever that advertising thing. And of course, when you are spending this $100, you are saying that your time is worth nothing. So, you know, keeping that in mind. So when you say, you know, $100, But I would definitely try to, whatever those color combinations, I've said this in a lot of earlier episodes, I try not to get a lot of mixed packets, but if you're buying from Menards or somewhere that's cheaper, you're probably going to have to go with the mixes because they are what's cheaper. You can't just buy a certain pink color of zinnia. You can't just buy a certain color of a lot of those flowers. But if you can, that is one tip that has definitely saved me in time is getting rid of the mixes because typically the the undesirable colors, they're the leftovers. They're 75% yellow or orange. And then there's a few pinks or whites or whatever sprinkled into them. On the picture, they have, you know, five different colors, perfectly symmetrical. And no, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to spend so much time harvesting, sorting, arranging if you plant them as mixes. So it's nice to just have a section of pink zinnias, a section of white zinnias, a section of 
you know, whatever it might be. So just trying to avoid those mixes if you can. That means you might need to go on a website like Johnny Seeds, something like that. If you can find someone to go in on the seeds with you and buy a 250 pack when you're probably only going to need a 100 pack and split the shipping with you, that's an awesome way to do it on a little bit of a budget. If you can find someone to do a seed swap with you, if you've kept your own seeds or a Dahlia tuber swap, there's a lot of ways to kind of get your feet wet if you don't have that money to invest that very first year. Now, eventually, like I said, where I'm at now in year five of my business, it's knowing what your time is worth. It's, you know, working smarter, not harder. It's taking that time to you know, reinvest in yourself. I always say this, I definitely would invest in coaching. I think that, you know, when I first started out two years ago, I paid someone like a one-to-one consultation on porch pot stuff. I talked to her for a couple hours. She sent me an email. She sent me links. She helped me figure out recipes. And yes, I paid about 250 bucks for these couple hours of phone calls, but I was able from the very get-go very little waste, very little expenses, and an incredibly profitable first season of having those porch pots. So you could say, well, that cost $250, you know, to take their time, but it took probably the stress from 50 hours of Googling, maybe, you know, 10 hours of trying to order things, not ordering enough or ordering too much and having waste. So yes, there's a cost there, but there's an opportunity cost of not doing well. And so, yes, you can always pride your business on being lean and that your expenses are low. But, you know, if your revenue could go up exponentially by spending a little bit more, what is your return on investment? And so, like, if you're just getting started, that's a consideration. But again, for the purpose of this starting a flower farm with 100 bucks, you're going to be doing a lot of work. You're going to be doing a lot of weeding. You're going to be, you know, spending most of your time in the garden, but that's okay. For logistical purposes, with the webinar at the very end Q&A, we're going to talk about a website, hosting, business cards, those types of things. Now, each of these things are very different year one to year two, deciding what your goal is. It's probably going to be a while before you're paying yourself because you are going to reinvest back into the business as you're doing things. So again, for the purpose of this, the $100, $1,000, $10,000, I'm saying if that was your year one, now maybe you have $10,000 on year three or whatever it might be, but it's just reinvesting in what your goal is if you're trying to pay yourself or, you know, how you can keep those expenses low. So there's, there's the pretty short list of how I would start a flower farm with a hundred bucks. Now, another thing I teach this all the time in my Peddling Perishable Products course, which we just had the first group. There were 15 women that had flower farms that did the first round last fall. We made a couple changes because I am obviously humble enough to admit that I'm not 100% perfect out of the gate. You can always improve on things. So we changed a few things around about like how often the modules come out, but I didn't change any of the content itself. It's just kind of those, the experience for the students, I guess. We're changing it a little bit. We're going to have like a private Q&A podcast. But I always tell them that the examples that I'm giving, try to think of it in an adaptive way. It's not a technical fix. If it was this easy, if I gave you a list of what to buy, if this podcast, I said, here's what I would buy, this, 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 thank you. But I think where you can do 
so much value to yourself and growing as a person and as a business owner and as an entrepreneur is understanding the why behind everything. So again, I say zinnias because the more you cut them, the more you keep producing. I don't want you to grow a ton of sunflowers. That's that's space taken up, that's seeds taken up. It's a one and done plant. So you can look at it, but what is your return on your investment for that one seed? Why do I want you to buy something? So, you know, I just really want to explain the background of why I think you should invest something or why I think that's a good idea or not a good idea. And yeah, every, every flower farm is going to be a little bit different. So here is part one completed and parts two and three are coming at you. Make sure you go to the link of the episode notes to sign up for the webinar. I know that spots are limited. We can only fit 250 people, which that seems like a lot, but I had, you know, every week we get about a thousand people that listen to every single episode. So sign up early, get your spot. You will get the link sent to you prior. All of the instructions will be in there. And I will say, make sure you click on the square box that says that you're okay or subscribe something about like, I don't know exactly what it says, but basically you have to subscribe to our email list in order to get the webinar to you. Otherwise it'll go to your junk file if you don't click that box. So make sure you click that box, but yeah, send your questions podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. We won't respond to all of the questions like via email. They'll be in the Q&A series. So thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunny Mary Meadow dot com.